How we doing guys? It's Matt Whitmore here, steaming ahead almost at that 100 mark. Of course I'm here with Keris Marsden, me other half, business partner, best friend and all that. Right, Keris? <laughs> and all that. And they. <laughs> we should probably explain why we say in that. And they. And they. It's, well, it's, it's basically my, my lovely mummy um, pretty much says and that after every sentence and yeah. that. Do you, called, want, do you want a cup of tea and that? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't they called fill pauses? No, fill pauses when you go, mm, isn't it? You, but there's I mean, like a word for them, like fillers, but she has two. It's you know. You know. And, and that. And that. I went to the shops and you know and that. I went to, I went to the shops and you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, I don't. No, I don't actually. <laughs> So oh, we, we say it to each other all the time, but just as a way of, I don't know why we just make each other laugh, but she still doesn't banner, get banner. she doesn't get why we're doing it either. No, she, she, she completely goes over her head. Yeah. I don't think she knows she says it. Yeah, well, I, I think that's quite common though, isn't it? Like a lot of people don't realise they have Are they called colloquialisms? That might be the I word. have no idea what they're called, but no, that's more like words that in your area, isn't it, that you say I'm like, trying to think if you have one. Can you believe, actually, this is to the listeners now, that Matt has never heard of the, the phrase, you daft get, you said the other day. You daft. Get. Yeah. You've never heard of it before, had you? No, I've heard of you daft get. No, you daft get. That's just a northern thing. <laughs> yeah. So anyone who's a southerner like me is probably thinking, well, I've never heard of it either. <laughs> what was something you said to me, another word where I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And you were going to write it in an email or something. I said, no one's going to know. Oh, yeah, I can't actually remember what that was. But I remember you reading it and you were like, what does that mean? And even when I explained it to you, you was like, I've never I've heard that never before heard that. in my life. But I suppose that's the difference, isn't it? You know, you're you're a northerner, I'm a southerner. Yeah. And I suppose, you know, we all have... Uh... You say I'm in a bit of a funk sometimes. And I always think that... that yeah, get out of a funk. Get out of a funk. Yeah, and I was just think I'm kind of I associate that with dancing. <laughs> so, so when you say that, I'm like, what on earth? Why do you use that word? That's that's if you're in a bit of a. Oh no, if you're a on, a bit, on a bit of a downer, yeah, right. you know, get out of a funk. Never heard it before. See, <laughs> so we're just constantly like giving each other insights into northern yeah. and southern. Northern um, rules, I have to say. Someone thought I was Yorkshire. Yorkshire well, actually, today no. on a webinar. Someone it, said, are you it, from Yorkshire? Have you not listened to, to the radio of late? What? The Northerners uh, die younger. Yeah, oh, I did see something like that. Yeah, I did see something. I can actually see why that might be mm. as well. Why? Um, We're going to get on some proper good info. <laughs> in Don't worry. This is a massive generalisation, but I would say, like, nutrition tends to go... A little bit more beige as you kind of get north of Watford, doesn't it? That's what we know. Right. And I think there's a bit more... I don't know. I suppose when I moved to London, one thing I noticed was you don't have a car, so you're way more active for a start. Mm-hmm. And your lifestyle's a bit bit more busy. There's kind of a bit more... I'd say, well, obviously, like, working in central London, there was gyms and yoga studios on every street. So it was just more accessible to exercise despite being in a city but yeah. you are just more active not having a car so from from and i don't know and then you kind of make it fit with your lifestyle and there's so much more going on i suppose and then i think when you go north i've got friends that say they wake up get in a car drive to work mm-hmm. then feel exhausted drive home and i did when i was um, but it, it would be interesting to there. know because i mean i just heard it very briefly on the radio so it was just quite funny that you was like north rules and i was like actually <laughs> statistically they don't um but because obviously, being a an ignorant Londoner, if you like, yeah, you know, generally for me, anything outside of London 
in a northerly direction. <laughs> My class is like up north. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but we're going like way up north, I suppose, talking like Manchester. You say Kentish Town is north. Kentish Town is north. Camden's north. North, north London. Yeah. North of me. Yeah. Um, but because if you were to look at Manchester as a, as a city, yeah. you know, Manchester's quite buzzing, it's quite vibrant, you know, and you know. You know. So you're there. Right. <laughs> you know. But and I can imagine it being uh, there being plenty of gyms to go to. I yeah. can imagine there being plenty of places to you know get maybe like healthy lunches if you if you needed to. Um, I suppose it's when we've gone to like the smaller villages yeah. up north, like when we've been visiting your family who who live you know in like Sandbach and and whatever. Yeah, you know you, you don't have. I remember we. I was like, let's go to the gym whilst we're here, and, and I had to like. I was like, blimey, you know. They're far and few between. Yeah, yeah. You know, There's some good gyms in Sandbach. No, but well, I know what you mean. And they closed really early, didn't they? Yeah, you were like, like, oh, like, they close at lunchtime. They open late. I'm yeah. like, hold on a minute. I'm used to gyms either being 24 hours or open at 6 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. It's What's all this like, though. wait, I've got to wait till 8 o'clock. One thing I noticed, I mean... I would say the town I grew up in was always kind of like this, but there's a big, bigger drinking culture. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you do there. So, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is about going out for drinks and kind of pub food and, and that kind of stuff. There isn't, I suppose, as much to do in some of the places. So yeah. I think that can be a factor, you know, and so that just becomes a way of life for you. It's like meet your friends at the pub, go to the pub with your family mm-hmm. for a Sunday roast. So it's kind of, um, and when we moved to Stratford Avon, what we noticed was there was this kind of weird mix of, the main exercise people loved up there was cycling. So you had these big groups of cyclists, but they mainly cycled around tea shops and ate cake, <laughs> didn't they? So, Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. So there was kind of an active side to it, but it kind of revolved around um, scones and <laughs> cakes and stuff as well, which, again, you see here, you know, coffee, and you see a lot of the, the coffee shops now cater for these big crowds of cyclists that yeah, come out of true. London down to Kent. <clears throat> Um, you know, and kind of happen. And, you know, that's fine. It's all about balance. But I suppose it's just also, um, yeah, I think I can see the stats up there. I think it's more to do with probably sedentary lifestyles mm-hmm. um, further north because of the reliance on driving, I would imagine. And my mum would probably say the weather mm. <laughs> keeps you indoors. Do, do you know, though? Like, she's a not, a, not a big fan of the weather up north. That's why we came south. like I want to look into this a little bit further because if you think about it, you know, we talk about pollution now a lot. Yeah, so you know, you've got more pollution's a big here, deal. Yeah, yeah there's, there's much more pollution in, you know, around, play, I mean, London, you know, it's terrible for pollution, yeah. you know, because obviously there's there's so many like diesel vehicles, taxis, lorries, et cetera, et cetera. You know, if you live close to the M25, yeah. which we do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we are smack bang next to a woods. But it's funny because whenever we look at, you know, if we go away for the weekend somewhere up north, and we, you know, we might book out like a little B and B type thing in the, you know, near near woodland and greenery and lovely scenery, etc. And we're always like, oh, you know, oh, I just smell the fresh air, and you know, you almost feel a bit healthier being surrounded by those things. But then, like I say, you know, compared to what we're used to having access to a nice cafe where we could get, I don't know, like a chicken and avocado salad yeah, yeah. or. Um, soup or you know I'm just trying to think of random examples like we have you know 
we're, we're not short of that kind of stuff around here in Kent or in London, are we? They're like so, on so every another big, big change. Though. This is really this is relevant, even though we've gone off on a tangent here. But this is relevant. I forgot what we were even going to talk about. So, so the thing is about food service. So this is kind of like the food, the catering industry. I'm going to talk about now, or like food to go, is that the food to go in the cities has kind of come up to speed with like health trends. So if you think about it now, people are getting more kind of health conscious, maybe mm. a bit more um, you know body conscious because of social media pressures and. And whilst that's not necessarily a good thing, at least it is pushing or driving people towards making healthier choices, looking up, you know, kind of whole food nutrition, moving away from processed foods. Mm. And obviously the food industry are really quick to go, okay, we need to keep with the times and the trends and the, the consumer demands. So food to go is catching up really quickly. So you've got yeah. things like prep and the big supermarkets and eat are all offering things like coconut milk porridge or, you know, eggs and avocado pots. Uh, service stations are doing it they've all caught on to this kind of okay there's a lot of people that want this kind of food paleo-ish style of eating but what i would say is when you go out then to kind of um this isn't just the north it sounds terrible i you know i'm from the north i love the north but when you go outside of cities into like you're saying towns and villages the food industry there is about eating out and Mm -hmm. indulgence and that's what one of the things we found kind of living i would say in stratford Avon for a while was everything eating out was all about indulgence Mm. so it was you know really hard to kind of go into the town and go i'm just going to grab a nice salad it's changed even in the last six months we go back there and visit your family and go oh there's now a boston tea party which has some great salads and stuff but there was a time there's going to be a nando (laughs) yeah (laughs) but there was a time we would and a byron burger (laughs) we would struggle because every single coffee shop was about paninis quiche and cakes wasn't it and we would go out into the town and go, oh, we're going to have to go to the supermarket and just get some We'd salad always go from to, there. To a minute, wouldn't we? Yeah, and get just food get to go and, and have a picnic. Have some protein and. But that's, I think, what you're seeing in the cities is happening, but it's not necessarily outside of cities. And when I speak to clients and talk about, oh, you know, could you get this? Um, you know, maybe you need to supplement with some seaweeds in your nutrition for iodine, you know, and they're like, yeah, good luck with that. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing like that. So you can seafood as well but you know so that's when it's all ordered online whereas in london there's whole foods on every corner and you know so it's a bit easier in that sense they also if i'm not mistaken they mentioned on the radio like a a social isolation as well in the north in the north yeah Yeah, but i suppose i suppose what we're talking about now here is again you know like a bit more kind of out in the sticks type thing and i don't know you you can live in a city and be socially isolated oh yeah 100 percent. i mean you know like yeah we're quite we're quite happy to to stay in and <laughs> just chill and have each other for company, you know. Like I think it's different when you when you're obviously in a relationship. Anyway, but I thought that was interesting the the social isolation thing because I think it's something that when we talk about health generally, you know, we often talk about this, but it's not spoken about enough really. And that's the you know again people just focusing on exercise and nutrition as you know benchmarks for for health yeah when there is that social aspect and having like a healthy social life and don't get me wrong like some people are more than happy to stay in and kind of have themselves for company but um i think it is really really interesting when i think we mentioned this before though it's not just on a people think of it on a psychological level don't they and that is very important but it does actually change you on a biochemical level so they they believe that it kind of changes the immune system because it's like 
you know, you're not surrounded by your, your tribe anymore. Right. So that you're more at risk of disease. So possibly the body decides a more pro-inflammatory response to situations is necessary. Uh, maybe kind of mood health will change in terms of being a bit more kind of, you know, uh, maybe a bit more anxious, mm-hmm. a bit more fearful, because again, you haven't got that kind of interaction, that distraction. Yeah. I think a big thing for me is that if you're not distracted from your own thoughts, sometimes you can do yourself more harm than good you can overthink things you can worry about Mm. things you can overanalyze situations and um we um obviously because we work online but you know i've definitely made more of an effort to do things like um you know go to yoga classes so i've got people that i know their friends and go for coffee with them and things like that you're boxing so you've got all the people there that you interact with so we have times in our day where we interact with people because otherwise you can find yourself it's a a skill that you start to lose you know so you can go from being someone who's quite outgoing but then if all your interaction is basically on email social media and and text and apps you know you're kind of losing that ability to you know interact with people and and I genuinely see also people are losing the ability to have two-way conversations you know how many I mean I would never name names but how many people have we approached on a business level to work with and been talked at for like an hour and we're like transmit no receive transmit no receive and we sit there and go well we're not going to work with you because you didn't actually ask us a single question about our business didn't actually get a word in address it'd be like imagine someone signed up for a nutrition consultation with me and and me just going hi right so I'm Keris and this is about me and more about me and me and food and food I think you should eat and this is what you should do and you should do and you know it's and for me i'm like it's a basic skill of of you know being a human is that we we interact we don't yeah, just yeah. talk at one another and i just think some of that is the lifestyle that we lead you know being online but also very much driven by reward dopamine you know mm. so going on social media is like we get a surge of like well, excitement the, about that and wasn't there a, but i'm sure it was you that mentioned it and in fact you might have even mentioned it on a previous podcast about um about people that you go on social media in the evening or something, and actually there was a link between that and obviously a good mood, so therefore it actually could aid a good night's sleep. Like everyone's always like, get off devices, get off TV in the run-up to bed, but actually... Yeah, no, so, so the studies are saying it kind of depends on... As long as you're the, not reading stuff that yeah, pees the, you off. Yeah, the interaction <laughs> that you have. And um, with if, if you went online to a group where you enjoy interacting with those people, uh, like our membership group, for example, I have to say it is a very friendly bunch of people. And, and it, it is, is awesome. something that I do like. I like yeah, chatting in there because it's generally nice stories about health, nutrition, family stuff people's journeys um some people post when they're struggling but what I quite like to see then is the help that's offered by other members so before me and you have even got there and said what about this as a next step you see everyone else come to the rescue and for me because you also see some really awful things on social media like trolling it's so nice to see communities support one another but there's like in you know there's I'm really pleased to say in the two years that Fit365, our membership site, has been running and we've obviously got the fake private Facebook group. Like there's there's never there's never been any judgment or you know, it, it really does feel like it's a real safe place yeah, for I've people. Never, I've never had to say to you, Do you think we should ask that person to leave because like it's intervene and be like, well, no, hold no, on never. a minute. And that's a, that's a really remarkable because when I see <clears> I'm in other nutrition groups and I'm in um just kind of like mum's health groups in terms of like natural nutrition and and I see a lot of you know kind of attacking and it you know it's it's really it's a real shame and also you said this morning um uh, people will have seen this probably by now when this podcast goes out but Sinead O'Connor doing a very emotional video about mm-hmm. mental health and um for me I watched it but the comments below just kind of made your stomach turn a bit that people could be 
that rude and that mean but you kind of said well you know everyone's a keyboard warrior when there's nothing no consequence Mm. and that my dad always says the world isn't ready for the for the internet and social media and he's right and when you read those comments you're like it's you're right because I mean luckily there was probably kind of two-thirds amazing comment support people going you can come and live with me like Mm. that's incredible and I think there's a lovely quote that we put up um it was after the terrorist attacks where somebody said, how do you deal with these horrific things that happen in life and what you see? And it was a quote that someone had put up saying, you always look for the fact that people help and people did tremendous things mm. like risk their lives and some people lost their lives helping others. Mm. And that's what you focus on in those situations. That's what you you remind yourself and take away. And, and again, having seen Sinead O'Connor, I saw Annie Lennox has posted and kind of come to her, you know, her support, her rescue, and so you, you kind of focus on these things, yeah. and that's how social media can, you know, can leave you going to bed at night, going, no, there's so much goodness in the world. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, I you know, I think for best part, I think social media is a good thing. I think, I think it does more good than it does harm. With the view, and by that, what I mean is, if you know, if you look at it on the one hand and think, well, um, you know, we we wouldn't have met some of the people that we've met over the last, I suppose, six, seven, eight years since we've been on Facebook. You know, like we've, we have developed genuine friendships yeah. with people be it in our industry or, you know, people that, you know, became clients of ours or who followed Fitter Food. And I have some people that I'm really good friends with I've never met on social yeah. media. <laughs> so, or the trainers and nutritionists. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but it's, it's nice. With them. Exactly. Yeah. But the thing is, you probably will meet them. And then yeah, when you yeah. do meet them, it's almost like you... you you have already met like yeah. I had that recently uh well a couple of months ago at a, a seminar that I went to in Loughborough and like there were so many people there that, that I you know only knew through Facebook Can I just but... say it's Loughborough not Loughborough well I didn't say Loughborough you did I said Loughborough <laughs> same thing no, Loughborough I didn't pronounce the T though Loughborough Loughborough <laughs> although when I was younger Loughborough. I did used to say Oxfordshire did you? Yeah. <laughs> Thinking it's spelled, well, it is spelled Oxfordshire. Yeah, but weirdly, Warwickshire and stuff like that, that's how I pronounced it. But Ox, for some reason, Oxford, Oxfordshire Ox, 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 was just, uh, was, was Oxfordshire. Oxfordshire. <laughs> <laughs> Work that one out. Um, but yeah, but it was really nice to meet those people and be able to, uh, but the, the ice was already broken because we'd had some kind of exchange on Facebook, yeah, be it yeah. on like a thread or a message or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I mean, one thing that, that I've started to do is, so there is the main driver, I think, that's a bit of a, a kind of negative of social media is, is comparison because obviously people give best versions, best case scenarios of their lives and kind of, you know, it, it is kind of rose-tinted, um, what's it, rose-tinted glasses, something I'm saying, and, you know, everything that, that's kind of good about life and you know, some people are the opposite and post about the drama and kind of rope you into that. And I think it's easy to kind of think that kind of skews your idea of, of what's real and what's happening. And, and actually mm. behind the scenes, when you actually connect with people and talk to them, there's, there's kind of genuine, like, oh, I'm, you know, be it personal or business, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling and this has happened and that's happened. Um, and you kind of get the real version of events. So firstly, not to kind of take what you see as, as a reality, but also edit news feeds and things. So if you find yourself, you know, constantly faced with pressure because sometimes we'll be on our journey we'll be doing our thing we'll be working hard and I know even I personally so for example I'm doing yoga teach training and obviously because I'm kind of talking about yoga my newsfeed has just been bombarded with these various different videos of yoga 
yogi saying, buy my handstand book, buy this, you know, how to be the best yoga teacher in the world book, you know, kind of yeah. thing. So I'm being targeted on ads from because I've liked certain yoga pages, of course. And what I've decided with my yoga teacher training is um, where it all goes wrong for me is when I enter into something and I want to be really, really good at it and really kind of excel and I put a lot of pressure on myself and then generally I'll get A, injured, B, start to resent it. Like it mm. becomes something that I'm like, oh, I can't, it's so hard. It's so, you know, I can never just go into something with no strings attached. I've got to achieve this, this and this, train for this long. And I haven't done that this time with yoga. So I've been doing some days like five minutes, which I've never done in my life, just committed something for five minutes. And then some days I've gone and done kind of like a good hour of practice. And some days I've gone and done two classes and then some weeks I've done none. Yeah. So some weeks I feel good and I'm like, I kind of feel like I'm doing a lot. And then some weeks I'm like, okay, I haven't done as much, but what I'm trying to do is not go there's no no reason to feel bad about that there's no reason to put any pressure on yourself because ultimately but this is a good point because i think that the thing that i I suppose that we all naturally do with social media because let's be honest most people spend a lot of time each day on social media face i mean for me it's facebook and instagram we run an online business so there is an element of me that is working for sure you know like content videos whatever it may be but then you know i'll put my hands up and say there's probably a good chunk of that as well when i'm just kind of piss farting about and <laughs> you know just mindlessly how we watch scrolling you know? down instagram or yeah. whatever like and, and you know just just looking you yeah. know i'm not i'm not you know it's addictive Oh, yes, of course it is addictive, yeah. for sure. It, it, and, you know, people talk about you can download that app that actually tells you how much time you spend on it in a day, and I'm almost scared to do so, because yeah. I, I think I'd be like, oh. Because I'd um, check it when you weren't looking. Well, And then I'd hold it against you. You were on Instagram <laughs> for seven and a half hours today. Yeah. Um, Why haven't you painted the lounge? I've got no excuse, you got me. Uh, but anyway, um, but what I was going to say was, is I think as humans... When, you know, and this goes whether it's related to fat loss, training, nutrition, business, parenting, whatever, anything that you can compare yourself to. So we, we, we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. And, you know, we see it time and time again. In the, if you think about it, pre-social media, the only times you could compare yourself to other people was... Maybe the people you might see on TV. Yeah, um, all four channels. All four, all four channels or, yeah. or, you know, when, when Channel 5 came in and it was a, yeah. it was a yeah. good day. Um, but, or, you know, like for me, for example, I suppose Magazine. from a magazines yeah. or, or when I go to the gym you yeah. know I might be like who's that guy there with massive shoulders yeah, know how yeah. I feel about this <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. exaggerating but yeah. you know it's just to give you like you know these opportunities normally would have been when you you interacted with people or you were in a situation where there were other people there you weren't looking on a screen and, and it'd be occasional and intermittent exactly yeah. it wouldn't be all day every day and just have this access to to kind of like unrealistic comparisons because let's be honest a lot of social media comparisons are yeah completely unrealistic sorry just to go back to like you know the 80s with your five channels or four channels it'd be like turning on turning on tv and going i really want to look like eamon holmes and gmtv and then it'd be like oh i want to look like rain and then it's like this morning with richard and judy i want to look like richard and judy like it just didn't happen at all in your day did it there was no like whereas now at like intermittent parts of your day something comes down your newsfeed that kind of says you need to be doing this and looking like this do you look like this in a crop top behaving like this and able to do this with your body <laughs> but, but do you not think it's like it's amazing how you can be doing so much good and you can actually 
you know, feel quite proud of yourself for maybe like something that you've achieved or, you know, any kind of goal that you've had that you're, that you've got, that you're working towards. Yet all of a sudden it, you can do a complete 180 just by looking at what someone else is doing yeah. and thinking, oh, well, oh, this is all one and good what I've achieved, but look where they are, you know, and, yeah. and all of a sudden you, you go on a downer. And, and we see it time and time again, like sometimes, and this is something that we, we really try and move our members away from, is, you know, just understanding that, you know, let, let's talk fat loss right now with the view that, you know, a lot of people that do come to work with us want to lose body fat as well as getting healthy, et cetera, et cetera. But they want to lose body fat. They want to lose weight. They've lost X amount of weight implementing like the fit food principles, started moving more, eating better. They're feeling good. And but then, you know, they see a post from someone else who's lost three pounds more than what they have and all of a sudden their results aren't good enough they're on a bit of a downer they should have worked harder they could have done more and and i just think god it's amazing how you can bring yourself back down again and, yeah and, but then and, it comes back to that that pressure and that kind of like you said so it's it's comparison that leads to additional pressure which then leads to kind of you changing the goalposts and never being happy satisfied mm. and kind of appreciating what you've done and it's it's a detrimental it's such a it's such a negative cycle to get into um but what I was going to say with the yoga thing is I just keep saying it to myself as well I just keep saying this is this is you know you've done that in the past mm. and look where it's got you well, so I remember, got you, know, trouble with I remember you saying to me like uh when we had like a really busy couple of weeks with work and you probably didn't commit to as much of the yoga as you plan to but then of course because you're friends with a lot of the people that are on your course and you were seeing all the stuff they were doing they were posting all these videos and I remember you like think you were like oh god you know everyone else is doing x y and z but then I was like yeah but everyone else may not have the workload that you currently have and what was um what's been actually um not to say they're they're busy doing nothing but but, you know what I mean one thing that changed me as well was um with my dad having cancer what I suddenly felt was I couldn't take anything, um, kind, kind, not aggressive, that's the wrong way of putting it, but I almost couldn't take anything that kind of pushed me anymore. So in the yoga that I do, there's only kind of short periods of time where, you know, you're kind of pushed into something like yeah. attempting a handstand or a headstand, something that I'm quite scared of and not very good at. So, you know, it can feel a bit... And what I noticed when the situation with my dad was kind of happening was... Um, and in a way, the yoga teacher training was coming up and I was kind of like, I actually can't take all of this kind of pressure mm. to do stuff. And I just started going to what are called the mellow classes at my yoga studio. And they're all about, and, and uh, uh, the yoga teacher know, knows me and knew my situation. So yeah. in some ways, I kind of felt like the dialogue was aimed at me. I don't think it was, it's aimed at everybody. But, you know, there was a lot of kind of like empty your mind breathe everything and that was transformational for me and every time I came out of that class I was like I needed that I didn't need to go into some kind of intense posture Mm. and have my head squashed squashed into my neck you know for like five minutes and you know and I I felt all of my shoulders release and and I really enjoyed it I think you you know you were you were like quite emotionally fatigued you know and understandably your dad had been diagnosed with cancer it was a it was a crazy time yeah and I don't think you you realize how much energy is required to think a lot so I was thinking a lot at that point oh, in yeah, time and, and you're going to bed thinking about it waking up thinking about it and that's burning you know that's using up energy in your body mm. so again I go through phases of feeling tired and I couldn't take you know any kind of intense exercise so I scaled things back but at that point in time I kind of realized that there is no race to all of this like mm-hmm. I know I'm going to qualify I've spoken sure. and spoken to the the yoga teachers about it and said I'm going to do this at my pace and I may part of me wants to kind of um you know never really start to even get into things like I mean 
there is a handstand workshop I'm going to, but almost not drive myself down that route because I'll yeah. know I'll get obsessed with it and then kind of be like, I need to do it, I need to do it. Whereas what I'm really enjoying at the moment is some classes I walk in, I never know what's coming. And, you know, it can be very playful, the movement that we do. Yeah. And therefore, you know, I enjoy it. But I've, I've really had to kind of approach this differently to other things and I and you know I constantly try and say the same thing to clients whether that be that they're fixing their gut whether they're trying to deal with some body image issues it's like almost having that opposite of what you naturally will think you know like reminding yourself well look what it got what got me where where did it get me thinking like this in the first place where did that pressure get me pushing my body trying to do a million things did you enjoy it not really is it something that you're going to turn around in you know age of 70 and say to your grandchildren I'm very proud you know I did I did this you know it's not really usually and yet we devote so much time and energy to these activities and and whilst it'd be lovely for me at the age of 70 to say I was a yoga teacher you know I don't think anyone's going to be that interested in whether or not I could do a headstand or a handstand. But what will be lovely is... Who knows, you might still be doing handstands at 70. (laughs) You know, that that would be an achievement. (laughs) I'd definitely be uh, putting that on Instagram. But what I was going to say was what what I the reason that I entered into this was because I wanted to teach good movement to people. I have to you know remind myself that I don't have to be amazing at things to be respected as a teacher. I just have to be a good teacher, yeah. you know. And that's all about going through the course, learning, um, you know, teaching, refining, and, and same for being a nutritionist. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to resolve everyone's health problems. Sometimes you can't, you know, and you have to refer on. And sometimes it's a very you know a long process for some people. But well, you give everything your best well, shot well that's that is exactly what i was gonna say Keris. <laughs> really was well no at the end of the day it's just and this is you know i i don't think i'm quite 100 percent there with this mindset yet because there are times when i do compare myself to others yeah. and i do feel guilty sometimes i do feel what like do you i feel guilty about um well you know like again from a i suppose from a from a from a well first of all let me just finish what i was going to say whilst okay, it's still sorry. relevant um i was just going to say you know like for me i'm i'm probably 80 percent there you know, with regards to my training, with regards to my nutrition and, and kind of what I do on a day-to-day basis in that I'm very much now, uh, I don't get on so much of a downer if I plan to do an X, Y and Z gym session. But actually when I got there, I wasn't feeling it and I actually either didn't train at all and ended up just doing loads of mobility and then came home. Whereas before that would have eaten away at me. Yeah. I would have felt guilty about that. I would have felt like, oh, you fairy, you know, like what's wrong with you? You know, toughen up, you know, go and get the workout done, you know, like blah, blah, blah. You know, I suppose being a typical egotistical man with too much pride, you know, like, um, whereas now, God, I'm more than happy to walk away from a session. Sometimes halfway through and I'll go, do you know what? I'm just not feeling this. Be it my head's not in the right place. Maybe my body just feels a bit tired and I'm like, God, I need a little bit more rest. There's actually something quite empowering about that. Um, I mean, today was a prime example, actually, because I was meeting you and I lost track of time. And I just, uh, I was on my very last triple set. And whenever I do any exercises, I always do a bare minimum of three sets. It's just, it's just what I do. Sometimes I do four, sometimes I do five, but as a bare minimum, I do three. But today, I was on my very last triple set, I was having a really good workout. And I, I clocked the time and I was like, ah, because I needed to meet you to, to 
to basically tag team and take Hamish off your hands so you could go to yoga. And I thought, if I do one more round of this triple set, I'm going to be late and she's going to be late for yoga and then you'll be annoyed. And, and then I just You have thought, one thing to do today. Yeah. And, <laughs> Turn up on time. But so I was like, oh, never mind. I'll just do two rounds of the triple set and I left without even a second thought. But again, that would have been... I know it sounds daft and really, you know, like petty, but before that would have bugged me that yeah, I didn't yeah. do my last triple set. But today I just left and I was like, I've had a really good workout. You know, would that last set have made or broke, you know, made or break, been made or break for, for, for my workout? No, I had a really good workout, you know, and I took all the pluses and I left. So I just think, you know, as long as every day you're doing the best you can in, in any given situation, that's all you can do. Yeah. With the view that, you know, like it's just a case of, you know, if you've gone into a gym expecting to do X, Y and Z, but then either your head or your body or both aren't in the right place and you're not quite capable of it you just got to kind of go well no drama I'm just going to do the best I can based on how I feel right now and my current circumstance whatever it may be and that's that and I can leave with my head held high and tomorrow's another day well I think the stress of of, of, you know kind of like you said the guilt and and overthinking it does you more harm so there you are with all these good healthy intentions gym bag packed at the gym eating all the good food but then if you turn this into like a massively stressful experience with prerequisites and must do's must haves Mm. It becomes, you know, it just becomes, you know, kind of restrictive and, 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 you know, like I said, you just get in this cycle of I need to do more tomorrow to make up for what I didn't do today. And, and then it's just totally at odds with the reason you set out to do all this in the first place. But this is where everyone seems to end up. And I think, I do think social media is a driver of that situation mm. because when I am working with clients who have a, a gut issue or an energy issue, I have to sit down and say, okay, so you have no energy and you still go and like cane it at the gym. Yourself at the gym. How, how is this working? You know, it's like saying you have no money, but then you go out shopping and spend loads of money on a you know credit card or something like that. Like you just exacerbate yeah, the yeah. problem. And you know, I, I have to sit down and kind of say if there's if there's feedback of fatigue, we have to fix it and we have to see like why is there fatigue? What is the mechanism that's gone wrong? What nutrients are you missing? Is there something like an infection we need to fix? And we need a healing period where you just rest up and recover. Mm. And that's really stressful for a lot of people. And it, you know, I, I've done it myself, so it helps. I can kind of give loads of tips and advice. But I, I, I do understand it because I, I, you know, I did. I find it difficult. I love exercise, but sometimes now, I suppose I'm so far into it and know the benefits of it, it still takes me by surprise when people say, you know, I don't want to break from the gym. Hmm. But but one of the key things that then I will look at is why so if you can't break from the gym or the intense exercise or this kind of like you know although we love this stuff if you can't take a week off or two weeks off something else isn't maybe quite right and you're using exercise as that kind of escape or mood booster or you know because you should be able to get it from things like a nice you know a morning walk Mm. and um another thing that i've been trying to do for me personally is on days um so i used to be a bit notorious for train 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 get so many sessions under my belt then rest you know, and I'm trying to do things like train one day, rest the next day, even though I have the energy to train, I don't. Yeah. So almost go against my natural, oh, I've got some uh, got some energy in the, in the tank, I'm going to cane it today. Yeah, yeah. Because then it gets to kind of like day three and four and I'm like, oh, I can't, you know, I'm tired, I can't focus, what's wrong? And I've, I've overdone it, basically. So I'm trying to pace myself on a on a weekly basis with a view that by the end of the week, you still have something in the tank and you still feel quite positive and energised and you don't need to take it always to the kind of, you know, to the max. And I don't mean yeah. max because I don't train hard like I used to, but I can still push it 
Um, whereas what about kind of finishing the week with some energy to do mm. other things, you know? I mean, how many times do we train so hard that we've got, we can't have got the energy to clean the house or something like that? Like You get to the weekend and you're just like, I can't oh, sh- should we just stay in yeah, yeah. again? Just, <laughs> just watch, watch films and eat food. <laughs> so, <sighs> I, I mean, that, it is though. nice, but yeah, I know, I know, it is nice. But you also want to, you know, like I said, you want to have that kind of hold something back. And yeah, so so with a lot of people, I do talk to them and say, like, you need to be looking at what is it that you're getting out of the exercise that you're not getting out of the rest of your life. So, you know, is it that you don't like your job? You don't yeah. like... Well, let's be honest, you know, and we, we've said this time and time again, you know, so forgive us if you, you know, we, we have mentioned this a gazillion times on a podcast, but, you know, it's 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 true and it's still relevant today if if not more so today than ever in that you know two massive releases for people or you know areas that they seek some kind of comfort is in food and exercise yeah you know like both of which offer temporary almost like a like like a temporary hug yeah you know it's just a little nice little (laughs) hug and then but then it goes away there's people out there that exercise are going are you serious (laughs) yeah yeah, it's true but they're probably the people that choose food or alcohol to kind of be their little blanket or you know whatever but again it's always temporary and it is just merely masking like a bigger problem like you said yeah we've worked with a lot of people who you know, we look at how much training they're doing, you know, so you know, normally with people, like, we get a food diary, and we also get, like, a bit of an exercise diary, and you're like, whoa, like, you are extreme on both ends of the, yeah. the scale here, like, you're, clearly something's going on, because you train like an absolute crazy person, but at the same time, like, it looks to me like you're comfort eating a lot here, and then you think, well, why are you comfort eating, and why are you training excessively, are you training excessively to combat the binge eating or is that also linked to the bigger problem and you're seeking uh like a comfort because it makes you feel a bit more confident about yourself because you know that you've done you know 10 gym sessions in a week which isn't an exaggeration like the amount of people that we know that do like double gym sessions and you know Keris used to be that person many moons ago I I realized as well it it used to make me when I look back on that now I used to be one of those what's it called like dietary displacement where you um I've trained so I can eat this Mm -hmm. I used to do that a lot and I didn't realize until like I don't know I was like just reflecting on some stuff recently I thought god it did make me at times very kind of complacent 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 about um you know oh i've been for a run so i'll eat this and it wasn't even that i didn't even do macros then so it wasn't even like i've been for a run i can have my carbs which Mm. is like the common thing now it was just like i've been for a run i can have my pick and mix and it's like i totally rewarded myself at the end of exercise sessions and Mm. i think you know i pretty much did that through the whole of university like I, i was very strict with myself in the day um under eight always ran we did some form of exercise and then after dinner I mean I was very good at portion control but it was always some form of like chocolate bar after dinner and then that kind of habit like just escalated into terms of the more exercise I did the more chocolate and pick a mix I ate basically I've always been that kind of person not not so much you know some people alcohol some people smoking mine was always chocolate and sweets basically but I think that's quite I think the whole like food reward thing is is quite common. Yeah, but but it was a habit that I have like I'm really glad I don't have it now. And what what I mean, you were a big influence in this in terms of like you know, well the first thing you start to do is say you need to eat more protein. All, all you do is kind of you you just binge. You were a carb addict. Yeah, I was a carb addict. But the weekend would be terrible. You know, it would be absolutely anything goes. It would be the cakes and the marshmallows and all sorts of stuff. And I was like, I'll just burn it off in the week. It's fine. But if in a way, if I look back, I didn't have any 
muscle definition not that that was kind of a goal at the time I just loved training but if you look at pictures of me you can see I don't really I was definitely lacking in some protein and, and just just kind of not and people did say to me at the time for all the exercise you do it's nice that you're still curvy which in my head I was like anyway but um you were the first person to say you need to start eating more protein for the amount of, of mm. weight training and circuits you're doing. And, and and now what's funny is I actually really crave protein after I've run. Um, and it's made a big difference to my mood. And it's something that I, that's kind of my primary kind of, I'd say my primary macro now that I focus on. Not that I eat a high protein diet. I just make sure I have protein at every meal. Yeah. And that's that's changed a lot in terms of, I don't then, you know, kind of come back from a run and go, uh, eat all the food because actually the protein kind of really sustains me and makes yeah, me yeah. feel you know and then I kind of like you know faff around with it. I, I, I don't really pay that much attention to the rest of my macros I just make sure I have three nutritious meals with a mix of all three so um I mean when I'm thinking about me, it now but... actually it's quite amazing how different you are now on so many levels compared to how you used to be like both your training and your nutrition well, I don't think you'd be with me if I was still like I used to be. Me, that's, that's for sure. Because the other thing that I used to do... Never would never see you. Well, the other thing that I used to do, which must have driven you mad, was I'd do all this. So I'd go in this cycle of train really hard in the week, um, eat too much sugar and rubbish at the weekends and drink alcohol. And then for the whole of Sunday and Monday, moan at you that I was bloated and, and overweight and my skin had broken out and then start again on Monday. And Monday, my mood would be so low um we actually started a class do you remember on a monday that was our first ever class because i said to you i have to train on a monday morning i have to start my mm. week that way and a part yeah. of me was because I'd, I'd just nosedived all my neurotransmitters over the weekend with too much like woohoo and then yeah. <laughs> so i mean we started that because i was like oh, i have to train on a monday i have to train and that's where our first class came from and it was a really hard class we'd always kind of mix up loads of different stuff wouldn't we yeah. and say oh we're going to set you up for the week and it's how we launched our company but I don't know, people might not know this, I used to run to the class, so I would mm-hmm. get up at like five, run to the class, take part in the class, and then sometimes go back at, on a Monday night. So it was a proper kind of, I was going to work that weekend off, if it, you know, Crazy. and then gradually my mood would come back because I'd almost start to go, you know, you've redeemed yourself a little bit now. <laughs> and then I'd just start again on a Friday. It's like... But also as well, I mean, and again, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before as a little story, was um, the first holiday that you and I went on which was to new york and i had surprised you with a weekend in oh, new yeah. york because i was visiting a friend in dc and you were like oh i'm gonna really miss you and i was like well you know you don't miss me too much because bosh there you go there's a there's oh, a do yeah. you remember a flight to new york well, to meet used to, me used to treat me to things oh, like I that i used to spend money on you <laughs> now you're like if you get a nando's every now and again oh no, it's not true. You're very good to me. Oh. But yeah, I did ruin it by uh, well, overtraining to go to New York. So you were like, I'm going to New York. I suppose we were still in the kind of honeymoon period, if you like. So you were like, I'm going to train like an absolute nutter because I want to <laughs> feel amazing and look amazing, even though you already did look amazing. And then I remember you. we spoke on the phone and you were like, oh, I feel like I'm coming down with something a little bit. And I was like, well, rest up for a couple of days because can't have you ill in New York. You know, we got things to do places to see you know and have a good time and of course she ignored my advice completely and carried on training like a lunatic 
and then for the first uh, the whole first day in no the... no first day we were, I was fine for about no, you, 24 no, you, hours and then I got sick you, it was the last 24 you, you hours you were coughing quite a bit yeah no no but no the it, last... was, it was the middle it was the middle, middle. 24 hours okay. so we pretty much like missed out on a whole day of New York it was the last because I remember that, that this was nice though the last day I was so ill I had to come home and go to bed I'd... and we ordered room service and it was the best room service we've ever had to be had. fair that was quite good actually yeah. we, <laughs> that's we, we did go to town um, <laughs> it's the first time but, I've ever ordered but I, there was a part of me that was a bit like oh man I'm a little bit miffed about this because <laughs> I didn't want to be the guy who was like well I'm going out <laughs> see you later yeah. I'm going I'm going to I'm going to live it up in New York whilst you're in bed, like, coughing your guts up that, and that whatever. Was, that was an introduction to American portion sizes where you ordered a cheesecake and I said, mm-hmm. I'm so ill, I can't eat anything. And the cheesecake came mm-hmm. for room service oh, and so it was good. the size of a... It was a full yeah. cheesecake, if not bigger than a full... It was ginormous. ...Iceland cheesecake and that it, I used to as a kid. You ordered things like... Uh, Soups and I'd ordered soup. wings and whatever, yeah. and the portions were amazing. No, they were too big. Loved but amazing. It. So good. Um, I feel like we've completely gone off track. But anyway, we've talked about bits and bobs that might people might feel yeah. useful. Hopefully, people can identify with some of the things that we've talked about, which is basically it wasn't what we were actually going to talk about on this podcast, no, but it's kind really of uh, save for next time. We'll do, yeah, we'll do that to have it next time. But really, I suppose hopefully people out there are on that health journey and maybe have those wobbles and maybe sidetrack a little bit in terms of going down the route of putting too much pressure on themselves, mm. comparing themselves, overtraining, pushing things a bit too far, uh, maybe mm. going off track with their nutrition. And, and you know, we did that a lot in the past. And oh, yeah. it, it, it kind of took a while of like, okay, I go off track, I feel like this. Um, and for me, it was very much uh, the, the two things that affect, got affected was my gut health and my mood. So not only would I get bloated, probably from the kind of excess sugar and stuff that I'd eaten, but then I would just have these massive mood crashes. Um, and, and, and part of it might have been related to kind of just saying, oh, you, you were an absolute oink last night. And, um, and you know, because often me and you would go out and drink and then I just got no off switch. <laughs> so it'd be like the whole bag of marshmallows. Eaten. News agents on the way out. Yeah, basically. I was terrible, wasn't I? So, and because I'd trained that many times, I was like, well, I've heard this. But then mm-hmm. you wake up and your mood is on the floor. And it took me a while to kind of go, how many times am I going to try and use exercise or beast in my body to, to make up for this and start to, you know, and it was a long process for me and, and at various things that actually helped me through which was like massive injuries so (laughs) that removed the training part of the equation yeah yeah you you know played a big role in it kind of highlighting you know I'd watch you train three times a week and look way more impressive than I ever looked in terms of you know definition I know you're a man but still I couldn't believe how good you looked and how athletic you were and how you know you could do everything on you know three or four sessions a week and it's like we you know we we've both been there we've both bought into the whole more is better mentality and we've spoken about this time and time again and you know luckily I got it out of my system in my kind of teens like I spoke about on my video the other week about you know had a very unhealthy relationship with with food and 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 training um you know and and like I said gosh like if people were to see the difference in you compared to how you used to be you know pre you know before you was a PT and, and whatnot and compared to how much more structured and holistic you are now with your with your training and also just having other sources of happiness in your life like Mm. I think 
I always prided myself on being this kind of go-getter at the gym and, you know, oh, I hate sitting still. And I'd say these things that go, oh, I'm not the person, the person that can sit still on a sofa, I don't like it, you know, uh, other than kind of when I was, like, crashing and burning. Whereas now, like, I pride myself on being able to go out for a walk and sit on a bench and just yeah. listen to the birds singing and watching Hamish yeah. potter around. And it's like, this. I've brought my whole pace of life down by about three gears. And it's so much more rewarding mm-hmm. and enjoyable and you know I, I get excited this is going to sound awful but I get so excited about an early night or the fact that we can have a lie in or the fact yeah. that we're going on a woodland walk and we haven't got any work to do that day or you know we've cooked up a lovely roast and we're just going to chill out and I've stopped the kind of binging side of it as well because um occasionally yeah, I definitely do overeat on, on the chocolate still sometimes more because I'm like I just want to go there and do it but it, it's not a planned thing I just you know I yeah. just make some really nice stuff and then probably eat a bit too much but in my head I go don't feel guilty about this it's just business <clears throat> as usual tomorrow and I like you know and yeah. it, it genuinely does feel like a very different place to be in and and you find yourself not doing those kind of that you know kind of eating in that way where you're like well I've done all this I've earned this I'm going to eat this yeah, yeah. you know you stop all those habits and and similarly then it leads to changes in the company that you keep you know that that all changed as well for me I distanced myself from people that were also a bit addicted to training because I was like well, I can't I can't you know I just... well it's almost like a, a form of um peer pressure, peer pressure yeah, yeah. you know and like you are oh come on like and and I never forget years ago when you was a, a lunatic in the gym and then you had this little circle of like other gym lunatics <laughs> l- gym lunatics that you used to train with and you know there's one to- on you know on the one hand it was a, a, a admirable because it was like bloody hell Friendships do they, do they so, work hard yeah, and they're yeah. really good buddies and this is really part of you know we're talking earlier about like social isolation like yeah, this yeah. is part of your social life you yeah. come to the gym you have a chat and you know and you know and obviously I got on well with you know your other gym buddies as well and we'd have like little chats in between your little tear-ups on the cross trainer and, <laughs> yeah, and whatever yeah. but then on the other hand I think there was an expectancy kind of like subconsciously from all of you to train at a certain level every time and if one of you was to just go oh I'm not really feeling it today do you mind if we just do some mobility or some stretching you could just imagine the others would be like what yeah no, um, and then i never forget when one of the uh, one of the guys who was pretty hardcore yeah with the with the training and then because you'd kind of like you were starting to ease off of the training you were coming to your senses i was having a very positive influence on your life <laughs> yeah. at this stage and then i think you guys for old time's sake went for a little run together oh, yeah, this is horrific and then he basically decided it was uh, appropriate and acceptable to say, you got cold, like you make a reference to what he called a cake top. No, so first of all, because I was trying to ease back and run slower, um, he said, you're totally losing it, you're losing it, what's wrong, what's happened to you? And then he went, you're even getting a cake top, <laughs> which he meant muffin top. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's what he said. How did you not punch him in the face? <laughs> I don't know at the time. But again, I turned Actually, on, my, I turned I, on I, myself. I haven't seen him since. What <laughs> did you do to him? <laughs> I, I have seen him since. Yeah. <laughs> Got chucked in the tent. Hang on a minute. But do you know what? I turned on myself totally. And the people running with us were like, that's awful, you know, you shouldn't say that. I think it was kind of a, it's a cultural thing. He did have that very much kind of said what you thought and yeah, it just came out and said clearly. it. Like, so I didn't think that a woman would then go away and cry about that kind of comment. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. But again, you're right. And, and the funny thing is, um, I saw him a few years later when I, I was resting more and focusing on nutrition. I was training as a nutritional therapist and he said, 
oh wow like you've got it back what you're doing you look amazing da, da, da. and and that's when I kind of had the last laugh because I was like <sighs> nothing like you know this is all because I've actually just sorted myself out a little bit from top to bottom starting with nutrition um one thing I'd say is is at that time in my life as well I hated my job. I hated my office job. I wasn't. Uh, I was in a in a big company that was kind of an old boys network where I wasn't taken seriously. So I was hugely frustrated and, and patronised at work. And I was going through a relationship breakup that was very sad. So it was just my escape to be yeah. in the gym all day long. And that's probably where the double gymming came from yeah. because I was like, well, it's the only time I feel valued and part of a community, and and I laugh so much and I enjoy it. And, but... and you kind of had that reputation at the gym as well as being like, you know, super fit, like she's yeah, here you get twice status. a day. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You get that status and you get that. Um... And then again, it was a friendship circle. And after a while, I did start to do more kind of like, oh, can we meet for, for can we go to Nando's and not the gym? And, you know, mm. that did happen. And, and it was a really good thing. But it was <laughs> kind of a, you just have to identify when you're doing things like that, when you found that escape. And, um, you know, like I said, and, and, and when it's becoming a negative thing in your life, yeah, you yeah. kind of lost control over it. And ultimately what I needed to do was was also sort out my career, sort out my my home life, which I was kind of, I was really hiding from. Your relationship. Yeah. And and, and then, then everything else kind of started to fill into place. And I have to and say Mr. now. Mr. Wright came along. Yeah. <laughs> One thing now I, look here. <laughs> thriving. <laughs> I would say now is when people are in that place of like overthinking, overdoing, especially nutrition, yeah. exercise. I often say this is a symptom of lack of kind of purpose and fulfillment because now my frustrations are more kind of, I would say like academic work related where yeah, yeah. I want to do some more courses. I want to travel. I want to, um, you know, grow professionally and I'm struggling to get the time and the, the kind of, um, opportunities to do that yeah. and write more books. I'd love to write more books and really like my running now or my, my yoga and anything just becomes like my break from that. But that's the stuff that I really love doing and yeah, want to yeah. and focus on. That's where my energy is going. So Could you not think like, you still know, going on this podcast. <laughs> We'll wrap up, we'll yeah. wrap up. But I suppose like the message I want to get across now is like, I, I don't think, I don't necessarily think comparing yourself to others is always a bad thing, but I think you if almost you need to, inspiration. yeah, I was going to say like, because I think at the end of the day, I think everybody's circumstances are different, you know, and I think that if you are, um, I suppose, you know, like a classic example for me in terms of like my boxing training that I'm doing at the moment, which is actually what we were meant to speak about yeah. on today's podcast is that, you know, I I do have quite... The gym I train at is phenomenal. It's an amazing gym, amazing facility, but more importantly, the coaches are... Oh, like, they're, they're, they're another level. Every time I go there, the atmosphere is just absolutely 100% just brings out a beast in me. because yeah. it just, And it kind of takes me back a little bit to, like, you know, when I used to play rugby and that much more kind of, you know, that camaraderie and that atmosphere where you wanted to be the best you could be so to speak which sounds really cheesy but it does it just it just brings it out of you the environment is 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 right for that kind of thing so the reason i'm painting that picture is because it's quite a travel for me to get there it's not my it's not local to me you know it's a bit of a drive but i will make that journey because i know that the coaching is another level the facility is another level and i know that i'm going to leave there feeling awesome feeling that that, that i pushed myself i'd learned something and, you know, I'd have a real sense of satisfaction. And now that I've got my fight on the 1st of October, first amateur fight, you know, I've, I've got that something to aim for. So it's not just me kind of keeping fit and, yeah. you know, doing something new. It is that, but now it's taking it up a level because yeah. I, have, I have something in my sights, um, which is essentially to 
not get hit by some other geezer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on October 1st. I won't forget um, you get hit. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. I'll just not be running around the ring all night. No, I won't, I won't, I won't. Um, Where was I going with this? Oh, that's it, yeah. So, But then there's some other guys at the gym who have been boxing for longer than me, obviously clearly better boxers than I, um, and they're, they're an inspiration to me. You know, and I watch the way they train. I had the pleasure of sparring one of the pros the other week, which was uh, uh, an experience, <laughs> should we say. But then saying that, I'm now kind of Facebook friends with a lot of them. And I must admit, I did start comparing myself to them and how much training they were getting in compared to me. And I, was, I started to feel a bit uh, frustrated because yeah. I felt like I wasn't training enough. I wasn't getting down there often enough. I needed to be doing more. But then I thought, well, hang on a minute. They live a lot closer to the gym than I do. One of them's a firefighter, so they actually have, they work four days on and four days off. So they have four days back to back, you know, like no work at all. So therefore, and I thought, God, if I had four days off, I'd probably be down there all the, all the time as well. So the reason I'm saying that is that their circumstances are different to mine. So there's no point me getting frustrated about something that at this stage I don't have any control over. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't get down there that often because, you know, because of the commute there and back, as well as the time that I invest in the actual training session itself. And that's not going to change anytime soon because we're not going to move closer to the gym. And as it stands, the chances of me having four days off back to back are incredibly slim. So, but at the same time, on the flip side, like I said, these guys for me are a huge inspiration watching how they train and, and everything else. So it's kind of managing that expectation and managing the pressure you put on yourself and being able to go, no, actually, that's really bloody inspirational. And if they can do it, so can I. But I just need to go about it a different way because yeah. I can't do this and I can't do that. In your own time, with your own resources. Exactly. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and I think it goes back to doing the best you can do in a certain situation and if you can't change it, what use is there stressing about it and getting yeah. frustrated about it? If you can change it, great. You've just highlighted something that you can change to get you closer to your goal. Go do it. If you can't and it's genuinely not an option, don't sweat it. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> Should we end on that? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, bit of a random chin wag. Yeah. Social media comparisons, overtraining. Northern. Doing the best you Northern can. Northern pastries. The north south divide. <laughs> yeah we covered it all we covered it all um but guys i hope there was some value in there somewhere um we've actually finally got a dining room table so this is the first podcast we've ever ever done in all of the 93 episodes where we're actually facing each other and we're having a proper conversation yeah. rather, rather than stood <laughs> side probably by side digressed into a, yeah. into a conversation blah, 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 blah. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, Please leave a review on iTunes if you haven't done so already. Any feedback is always welcome. And, uh, yeah, we shall see you. We will. See ya. Bye.